everyone, welcome back into another episode of the Triple Battle Podcast, where we talk all things NFL, um, a little bit of sports betting, a little bit of fantasy football, betting analysis and strategies, as well as dedicated Dallas Cowboys content. I'm your host, Trev, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, um, my boy, TP, as well as El Jefe. I'm going to start with you, TP. How are you doing today, man? Uh, I'm sore. I got a good night's sleep last night. Somewhat. Wait a second, uh, wait a second. You had a good night's sleep, and now you're sore? Normally, it's like the other way around. Like No, so I got a good night's sleep, but then I went to the gym. So ah, I, I, I figured okay. that. I feel like because of some people wanted to act up last night, I don't know if, if I'm gonna have to get signed to a roster or something. You know, going forward, I used to play quarterback um, in high school, so I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm just trying to get my body. I'm just trying to get my body ready for I see. anything. I see. Anything that could happen going forward. No, I'm, just, I'm just talking shit, but um, no, I'm I'm doing pretty well. Uh, it's it's LeBron James' birthday, so cheers, cheers to that, buddy. Shout out to LeBron. Um, the goat, in my opinion. I know y'all don't agree. Excuse with that me. One. Uh, okay. Whole another conversation. Whole another podcast. I'm not gonna get into it. We're gonna leave it right really, there. Look at the man's birthday. We're not gonna say you're nothing lost. else. It's that man's birthday. We're not gonna say nothing. Look at else. his birthday. What does that have to do with the bro? Goat we're not gonna talk nothing negative or continue that conversation. We can pick this up at a later date. That's and that's where I'm gonna leave that at for right. There's now. a reason why his contemporaries say okay. Never. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Sure. Okay. All right. Okay. Anyways, anyways, everything everything else good with you? Mm-hmm. Good, 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 good. Things just I got a whole lot in, more interesting now. It did get interesting. That that'll be a chat for um for another time for the fans. Um, but good, 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 good. Hefe, man, what's going on with you? Um, how's everything? How's life? Well, <clears throat> everything was good until you said what you said. But me and TP will get into that with you a little bit later on another day. Other than that, man, you know, I'm up here. I'm living the dream, doing what it do. Got out of work early today. It felt great to leave everybody behind and, you know, get out. Uh, other than that, you know, last night, it was, uh, it was pretty interesting. I'm sorry? Sorry, sorry, sorry. That was crazy. I shouldn't have said that. Wow. Um, <laughs> chains were broken a long time ago, year and years past. Um, and hopefully at some point... Everybody will recognize, you know, the date of June 13th, you know, um, but that's neither here nor there. I don't think it's June 13th. I think it's June what? 18th. Was it 18th? I think, June, I think, I think Juneteenth is June 18th. Okay. Well, you know, it is. Oh, sorry, it, it 19th. Is somewhere, it's the 19th. 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 Okay. So we were both, we were both a little wrong here. So the 19th until they, until the, until that day is, is, is represented. I don't, you know. That's all. That's all that needs to be said. I don't want to hear nothing else. I just need that day to be represented worldwide across the globe. We all deserve an off day that day. Um, well, but other than that, yeah. Sorry, I'm... we're not going to do this. I'm sorry, we're not going to do this. <laughs> sorry, I apologize. <laughs> but but other <laughs> but other than that, you know, last night I was up watching that game. I'm sure y'all were watching that Thursday night football game when. Them boys traveled over to Tennessee, and, man, I thought we was just going to run over this team, probably put up a 40-burger, not even let them score more than three points. But going into halftime, they it was a close game, and not only that, it was just as close going into the uh, fourth quarter. And he, I, I ended up turning my TV off. I said, you know, F this. I'm going to bed. I couldn't take it anymore. I was like, <laughs> I just didn't know what to think. But I'll tell you this, this guy right here, Parsons, man, he played a hell of a game last night. And I am thankful for every moment I got to witness of that. But 
other than that, Dak Prescott, man, you got to get this get this ball rolling. You got to figure something out. Sit down, watch some film. Don't be like Kyler Murray. I need you to I need you to work this out. Otherwise, I'm throwing TP's hat in the in the in the race to take over your job. TP, how you feel about that? Can I ask you before I get into this? What do you mean? Don't turn into Kyler Murray. What does that mean? What is that? He doesn't watch film. We can't have. We cannot have that. Okay, so let me let me let me not let me not say that. I, I mean, let's let's not say that. I don't think that Dak doesn't watch film. What I will say. No, I'm not saying you know, he was, doesn't watch film. I'm saying I need him to watch film and not turn into Kyler Murray. Oh, okay. Well, no, I I think what the issue is, and I was having a conversation actually um, earlier today with a um, former quarterback that you actually know pretty well, but he was saying that you know on the second on the second interception because obviously the first interception Hendershot caught the ball and then he you know dropped it for whatever it's worth. So um, you know that, that's not Dak's fault obviously, but the second interception was one thousand percent Dak's fault. But what he was saying was that Dak was trying to um, look off the linebacker, which he somewhat did, but then he stayed on the initial receiver that he was trying to look off or trying to look linebacker off and so he ended up just on the ball and so you know 31 was like okay I'm, I'm just gonna send him that anyway and just get that so but I think I think Dak has gone from you know being a cautious quarterback which you know in the beginning of his career that was his whole that was a whole conversation about Dak you know he's too cautious he's not really one to take chances so you know a lot of Cowboys fans are used to Tony Romo taking chances but he'll throw you out of a game whereas Dak Prescott may not win you the game but, you know, keep you in the game until obviously he's not willing to win the game and be a gunslinger. So Dak has now become a gunslinger, and that's where the problem lies. Um, I think that's Dak's problem right now. He's, he's you know, again, having this conversation, you know, it makes a lot of sense. This person is also a Cowboys fan, but, you know, it just makes a lot of sense. Dak's just being a little bit too aggressive, and he's trying to fit the ball in places where it doesn't fit. Um, not, I don't have any puns for that, but – you know, he's trying to fit the ball in spaces where it doesn't fit. And it's like, okay, you can't do that. You know, there's a balance you have to have, right? You know, you got to know when to either check down, scramble out, you know, go to a second or third option, as opposed to just trying to fit the ball in spaces that you know you can't do. But it's not just all on deck. Um, our secondary was giving up touchdown passes to Joshua Dobbs. Like, what are we doing? Um, I think that if we don't rest certain players next week, they're going to be fatigued. And if in the event that we run into a mobile or mobile quarterback, I mean, in the NFC South, there's not a lot of mobile quarterbacks, but if we don't rest a player, you know, rest player or three this week, and then we have to go into the playoffs and then we have to deal with this at a third. And then we somehow make it past the NFC South to potentially running into, you know, in the event that the second or third seed both win their games, we're going to have to run to the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think we have an issue with mobile quarterbacks. So, I think that that is something that needs to be addressed and quickly, Dan Quinn. And the other side of the ball when it comes – or the other side of the field when it, with Trayvon Diggs and cornerbacks, they need to resolve that issue as fast as possible because we still have not found a solution for that. All right, but, Trev, man, so, how you feel about the – Can't be. Man, so, I mean, with Dak and his turnovers, um, just overall, so we won the game. That's the most important thing. Uh, we walked out with the victory. We don't have to deal with Stephen A. We don't have to deal with Skip Bayless. Kind of like you lost to the the Titans that were, you know, not even serious. So we won the game. It was important. I think what was surprising is that 
we all figured that the Tennessee Titans would just kind of lay down and just kind of, you know, give up for 60 minutes. And obviously they didn't do that. Um, You have people, and this is like all football games, like no matter what the situation is for the team, for the organization, there's always motivation on individual people to perform because they want their jobs to be secured for next year. Um, They want to have a, a job going into the off season. And for the Tennessee Titans, the season is not over. Um, The season hinges on, next week and it's been you know touted by a lot of media outlets that this game has no ramifications um for the playoffs or anything at all they just want to evaluate players i think Josh Dobbs will definitely get the start next week against the uh the jaguars i think he will and i think that's what this game was about is he good enough at and he didn't turn the ball over he didn't throw an interception um is he good enough is he better than what malik willis is today malik willis is a rookie they held him out um he's played bad um and I think they just wanted to see what they had in Josh Dobbs, not necessarily um, hold Willis out until the next week. So um, in that regard, I think the Tennessee Titans accomplished their goals. They saw what they had in um, in, in Dobbs a little bit in this offense. Uh, for the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, I looked at this as a kind of a tune-up game, um, start to get like our third string running back a little bit more involved, um, you know, see what Zeke can do um, since Pollard's a little banged up, rest Pollard, of course. Um, just see Dak kind of air it out and um, – Honestly, TP, I disagree with your gunslinger. Um, um, you know how you describe Dak, and I don't think he's a gunslinger. Um, I say that because he's not a deep ball specialist at all. He is aggressive with the football. Um, I always think of a gunslinger. I think about you know like a Brett Favre, someone who's looking to um, you know, throw it way past the sticks. Um, for a big completion, um, something like that. And Dak doesn't play the game like that. He kind of like um you know he he has his check downs he has his tight ends he has his you know easy completion routes he likes to get um supplemented with the running game and then he likes to um you know give certain guys uh you know coming out of breaks um the ball but normally like on some sort of like slant you know past like uh you know 10 yards or so not necessarily he's throwing the ball all the time um you know 40 50 yards in the air that's just not his style of play so I don't think he's a gunslinger I think he's just um He's aggressive with the ball. He tries to drive it into areas where he probably shouldn't. Um, and he doesn't really, you know, he doesn't let it linger on. Like if he does it, he makes a mistake. He'll still do it again. He's not afraid to do it. And I think that's a little bit of a problem, just trying to force the ball into these these windows. Obviously, it's not all him. His receivers have definitely um, hinder shot the tight end yesterday. That was on him. He had the ball, mm-hmm. kind of coughed it up. That was an interception. Um but then the other interception was just kind of like, come on, like, what do you, what do you think in that? Like, you didn't have to, um, to make that play, didn't have to, you know, go that way. Um, so I think that's the biggest, um, you know, critique of him. But then he'll come back and he'll keep throwing it and he'll get it to his guys and a touchdown will result um, from that play. But overall, I'm just glad we won the game. It was good to see us rest certain guys. Micah still played, even with that, um, that cast on his arm. So good for him. Um, but overall, I mean, I just think it's, I'm just glad we got past them and it's on to, the next opponent um so that's that's really all i got to say um dak put up over 200 yards um over 230 i believe um but back to that gunslinger thing he rarely has thrown for over 300 yards this season and i know that's um i think the only time he did it was uh last week against the eagles on christmas eve and that was huge because um i think to that point in the season he had not thrown for 300 yards which is very not much like a gunslinger. Um, so that kind of just shows you how his games have have kind of gone uh, so far this season, even though he's missed um, like five or six games. I guess when I say gunslinger, it's just like, I guess I'm looking at it as like a, a risk taker. He, you, know, he, he, you know, he threw the ball 41 times last night. He probably shouldn't have had to throw the ball 41 times against the Tennessee Titans. But I agree. We weren't playing 
um, top tier football. Um, Josh Dobbs actually he he did turn the ball over twice. He threw interception to Sean right, and then he fumbled the ball most of all. Yeah, I think I think I think um. So just little info. I was watching the game till halftime, and um, I switched over to play Madden. You know, play Cowboys on yeah. Madden. Um, yeah. because we were just kind of like stinking it up a little bit. Um, and I'm just like, man, we'll figure this out. But I don't really want to watch us kind of go through this. So um, he did throw one interception. My bad. Um, yeah. When I had turned over, I, I remember the one. He lost the one fumble in the first half. So my was like. Michael was running around with the cast. He was holding the ball like a weirdo. But uh, no, 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 I mean, so I guess when I say gunslinger with Dak, he like, I don't know, he 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 like takes chances. I guess that's where the Brett, because Brett Favre, you know, there may be games where he didn't like throw a lot, but he's willing to take that chance. And there's a reason why Brett Favre also lead, he leads the NFL all time in touchdowns, but he also leads in interceptions. And Dak, for what it's worth, even I don't though think Brett Favre leads, leads the league all time in touchdowns, does he? I don't think so. Yeah, he does. All time in touchdowns. Sure. Yeah, hold on, let me look that up. All time. Well, while you look that set up, I just want to say uh, to the both of you guys, I told you all about this guy, Mike Davis. He was the best running back out there on the, oh, on shit. the no, uh, right. field the other day. It's Tom Brady. Um, he Brett caught Favre both of his targets. Broke it at one point. Yeah, that's my bad. My bad, big dog. You had to check me real quick. Hey, you check, I checked you on the turnovers. You checked me on that. Hey, Look, we, we, I take out. we were watching each other's backs. That's all. You know, <laughs> yeah, we're here. You know, teamwork makes a dream work. The fact check. That face is not like he's not helping. He's not helping anybody. He's, you know. No, I'm out here shouting, shouting out um, Malik Davis. You understand? He didn't I told y'all. What do you mean he didn't do anything? He had a 23 yard run. He caught both of his target catches for 23 yards. I mean, uh, I seriously thought about taking him um over his rushing yards. I think it was set at like thirty five or thirty six. Um, and he went over. Yeah, he went over. And I was thinking about taking it because pretty um, much on one carry. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty than, much. He yeah, played, he played he played better than uh than um Elliot last night. That's all. That's he all. Ezekiel Elliott had a touchdown. Yeah, but he had a better average yards per he carry. Had a better average. For so, sure. For sure. Elliot out. Elliot didn't even average two yards a carry last night. One point. That's not a, that, That's but that's not an elite running back. I'm sorry. Get it together. Okay, okay, we're not. We're not. First of all, we're not doing that because <laughs> Q. Elliott and Tony Pollard are the whole. Are, I'm not gonna say the whole reason, but a huge reason as to why we're here today. At twelve and four. Yeah. Yes, and they will go ahead and lead the way when we uh, travel to Landover next week. Uh, but I hope they then, rest. To be honest, we'll, we'll see because some things can happen. But let's get let's go ahead and get into those things. Week seventeen, Sunday football. Let's get into those one o'clock games. First up, we have the four and eleven Cardinals traveling to the five and ten Falcons. The Cardinals travel to Atlanta, current currently on a five game losing streak, and not much left to play for. As well as the Falcons, who are currently losers in four straight. So maybe somebody will get a win this week. With both teams currently eliminated from playoff contention, I mean, what's really going to happen here? TP, roll me in with some stats. I mean, as you said, man, neither one of these teams have really much to play for. And Trev mentioned previously on another podcast that um, Cliff Kingsbury's job may have been saved to, you know, with the, uh, what's his name, Kyler Murray's injury. Yeah. Plus, I mean, just injuries across the board and suspensions. Because I mean, D Hop was gone for half the season, or not half the season, but a pretty percentage of the season, pretty large percentage of the season. And Hollywood Brown was injured. 
Um, I mean, and this Cardinals team has been pretty much riddled with injuries across the board. But, I mean, if we're speaking about riddle, Desmond Ritter has a chance if Atlanta, you know, chooses to play him. I mean, they have to see what's going on. He's a third-round pick. You just see what's going on, see what you have. You know, maybe make a play for the Derek Carr sweepstakes. Uh, I mean, he increases um, he increases output over the weeks. He went from 90 yards to 218. So, obviously, he's obviously getting a little bit more comfortable in the field, game speed, seeing what's going on. Um, I mean, I'm sure that he wants to be the starter in Atlanta. Obviously, you don't get drafted for no reason. So, but who knows what's going to happen here? I think realistically, this is just a, a no man's game. I think this is realistic to see what Desmond Desmond Ritter has. Arizona obviously is just waiting on Kyler Murray to come back. So I don't really have a pick for who's going to win this game. But I do hope to see Desmond Ritter do something in the future. And Marcus Mariota, good luck to you, boss. <laughs> All right. Trev, man, with the uh, current spread for this game, let's see, it's sitting at minus five and a half for the Falcons. You got any bets for anybody to punch in on this? I can only lean one way, and that's the Arizona Cardinals plus five and a half. I would take them just because I don't like Atlanta when they're laying points. Um, It's a lot of points for a team that, I mean, yeah, they're still in the division, you know, hunt or whatever. You know, they could still win the division potentially, I believe. But um, that's a lot of points. And this year when Atlanta has laid points, um, it's normally gone the other way. The other team seems to cover. And I'm going to look at it this way, too. Five and a half is a lot of points. Um, it's already been reported that Colt McCoy, who's still dealing with concussion symptoms, is going to miss this game. So I believe they're starting the next quarterback up, which is uh, any of you guys have that for me? Uh, I'm not see. sure, but the Falcons are technically eliminated from playoff. Are they eliminated? Okay. So. Yes. Um, so both teams are eliminated. I'm going to go with the team that yes. um, is not favored here. I mean, why take them? I mean, this game could easily just go up seven points for the other team. And then, um, you know, we play that way. But I just don't see um, – I don't I don't think the uh, the Falcons will blow them out. I really don't think so. Um, so, but I think the Falcons could win. I think it would be a bright spot for their quarterback. So that's the only play I lean on in this uh, this matchup. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and get right into the next one. We got the 3-12 and 12 Bears at the 7-8 and eight Lions. The Bears travel to Detroit on an eight-game losing streak. And with not much left to play for, could we see them spoil the wild-card hopes for their division rivals? The Lions return home after a disappointing loss in Carolina and now turn their attention to their division rivals while they try and continue to push for, the, for one of the wild-card spots in the NFC. Justin Fields is 195 yards shy of tying Lamar Jackson's single-season rushing record for quarterbacks. He will need to average 98 yards a game if he wants to break this record. TP, roll me in with some more stats on this one. I mean, Justin Fields has done all that he can do this season with limited help on offense and defense. But next week, next season will look promising with a duo of receivers over Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool if he can stay healthy. Um, this Detroit Lions team is pretty focused right now. They're trying to fight, fight their way into the playoffs. So, um, you know, Ahmad Ross St. Brown alongside Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift have pretty much been the catalyst for this Detroit offense with um, Jared Goff being quarterback. So, and then on, on the defense side of the ball, you guys, you got guys like Aiden Hutchinson who won the defensive end is second on the team in interceptions at defensive end, which is very exciting to hear for this Detroit, um, Detroit fan base, Kirby Joseph, Alex Anzalone, 
and Detroit, I'm sorry, Deshaun Elliott, you know, they, they've pretty much just let the NFL know, like, hey, this defense is not somebody you can just come in here, move around however you like. And I, I've said it on multiple occasions this season. This Detroit defense is very physical. They're going to hit you. They're going to punch you in the mouth. They're going to let you know, hey, I don't know what you thought this is, but this is Detroit. As, you know, kind of like the rappers do. Not, not referencing guys like Eminem, referencing guys like Boldy James, right? Baldy James. These are the guys. These are the real gritty guys that, you know, that this this is this is Detroit football. It's very gritty, um, in your face, in your chest football, right? Um, you know, I, I really hope that Dan Campbell doesn't get fired. Um, even though Detroit was smoked last week by Carolina, but I do expect the Detroit, a, a very hungry Detroit team to come out this week. And I do believe that they are going to be the kings of the jungle. All right. And they're gonna beat this uh Chicago Bears team. All right, Trev, man, with the current uh, spread sitting at minus six for the Lions, you got any bets for us to punch in on this? Yeah, I lean the Lions to cover this spread. It's a lot of points, but you look at the Bears who are in a situation where they're not trying to win any more football games. Um, I mentioned to you guys offline that the Chicago Bears, as well as the Houston Texans, are um, pretty high up there in terms of um, the draft order for next season. I believe the Houston Texans are currently in first um, with two losses, not two losses, um, um, two wins where the Chicago Bears had three wins. Uh, Chicago, um, they could win this game, sure. I think, I mean, it's, it's possible. Um, but unlike Houston, um, I don't think Houston is, is trying to win this game at all that they have against the Jaguars. Um, therefore, um, it just gives the, you know, no incentive to really win this football game, in my opinion. Um, I think uh, Dan Campbell and them will keep uh, his his crew will keep their jobs um, going through. I think they win this game. I don't think Chicago has too much to play for other than evaluating players and then just to have an entertaining football game. This total is set at 52 and a half points. Um, I could see an avenue where it could go slightly over this and at 53, 54 points. Um, it's set this high because Detroit has one of the best offenses in the league as well as one of the worst defenses uh, statistically. And then Chicago has one of the worst defenses and they have, you know, an offense that has been improving um, as of late. But they've been in some high-scoring matchups, too. Um, you know, they look at the game with the Dallas Cowboys. They were able to put up points against us, one of the best defenses uh, rated at that time in the NFL. And they've done so in other games uh, this season as well. But I do lean to the Detroit Lions. Chicago just doesn't have enough to play for. Um, they're just really kind of evaluating their guys at this point in time. Um, I look for Jared Goff to have a good game. And I think this team could sneak into the playoffs if they keep playing like this. I think it's between – the Lions and really the Packers. And I think the Packers would need the Detroit Lions to lose a game. And I don't think they want to go home. I don't think they want to lose. Um, we'll see what the football gods decide, but I'm leaning towards Detroit um, covering the spread. No really play on the total. I could see it go over. and I can kind of see it go slightly under as well, but I do think points um, will be scored in this game. I, no way to say if this gets um, up and over the total though. So I'm going to leave it there. All right, yeah, I definitely see Detroit coming out the winners of that game. Um, let's go ahead and get right into the next one. We got the 4-11 and 11 Broncos traveling to the 12-3 and 3 Chiefs. The Chiefs look to win their 15th straight game against the Broncos and finish out their season with the win in their last regular season home game. Denver travels to Kansas City after a 37-point Christmas Day uh, loss, and now with their head coach yeah. fired, can they find a way to win a another game this season with two games left? TP. Roll me in with some more stats on this one. I mean, if we're being honest, man, I just I just hope that Russell Wilson stays as far away from this game as possible. He just rests for the rest of the season. I mean, you just hey man, just rest on that that pile of money that they paid you, right? You know, you can just chill out. Let Brip Rippian 
get his reps in, man, after that egregious Christmas Day massacre on national TV. Kansas City is looking up their um, – they're trying to wrap up that number one seed. And, I mean, they're really much – there's there's not really much of a wall that stands in their way. The Denver Broncos defense is decent. I mean, Trev, you said before they've been pretty good for the season. But, I mean, going up against Kansas City with pretty much nothing to play for, what's the point here? Um, I mean, if, I, if I'm Denver, I'm kind of looking at the draft. There's, there's a plethora of quarterbacks coming out this season. So, or the, I'm sorry, in this draft. So, the only the only downside of that is because you've locked up Russell Wilson. You've locked up Russell Wilson for X amount of years. So, you kind of have to sit on that. But, you know, if I'm the Denver Broncos, I'm looking at a quarterback in the draft. But Kansas City's going to blow them out. Maybe not blow them out, but Kansas City's going to win. And they just have to hope that Buffalo lays an egg here. Yeah, Kansas City should definitely win this game. I just can't recall a time I've seen them cover a, a over a 10-point spread yet. Um, but other than that, man, maybe Trev can rev my end, uh, the engine and help me remember something. Uh, Trev, yeah. with the current spread sitting at minus 12 and a half. You got any bets for us to punch in on this? So to answer that question you just asked, they did cover a double-digit spread um, as recently as last week against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, the spread was 10 in that game, and they did cover that spread. But that was the first one, I might think, all season that they covered by double digits, Um, you know, a double-digit spread. Um, and I think a lot of people are leaning on the Seahawks because they figured that, um, oh, this team can, you know, kind of come in and maybe cover the spread. And obviously they just couldn't get it done. Um, so this game, I would not take the um, Kansas City Chiefs here. Just wouldn't do it. Uh, this is a divisional matchup. Um, these two teams played a few weeks ago in a game where many people thought that um, the Kansas City Chiefs team were going to blow the Denver Broncos out. Uh, they did for about uh, three quarters and then Russell Wilson uh they, I think the score was like 26 to to zero or something like that they're blowing him out pretty bad um but Russell Wilson kind of just came out of nowhere and just had like uh over I think 230 250 yards three touchdowns he had a few picks of course um but it just turned it morphed into like a really high scoring game out of nowhere um and then Russell Wilson went down with concussion um in that game he was ruled out for the rest of it um, so it was it was one of those weird games where, you know, team was up huge um, in a game you thought they'd be up huge. And then they um, ended up not covering the spread. I believe the spread in that game was about nine and a half. And um, Kansas City ended up winning that game by eight. So because of the divisional matchup, because of that end of the season, Kansas City just knows they want to walk out of here with the win. Um, I believe there will be effort um, to run the ball, just kind of get this game over with as quickly as possible, because they know uh, Denver really has nothing to play for. Um, they're just kind of you know, Russell Wilson will be playing, as I understand, but um, yeah, Kansas City just wants to win this game and, you know, get that number one seed. So I would lean Denver. I could see this being a, a lower scoring game. The total is set at 44 and a half. Um, maybe it doesn't get there, uh, you know, for whatever reason. And then after that, it just kind of, um, you know, they just win the game. I think that's the goal here. So I could only lean towards Denver plus the 12 and a half. I know that's a terrible spot to be, especially how they lost uh, pretty badly this past weekend. Um but they just covered their first double-digit spread Kansas City did last week. And this is a game where, yes, they need to win, but they don't need to necessarily, you know, win by that much. They just need to get the win and get it over with. So I lean uh, Denver here to somehow cover this spread. Don't know how they'll do it, but we shall see. Um, that's what I got for this one. 
All right, let's go ahead and get into the next divisional matchup. We got the 8-7 and seven Dolphins at the 7-8 and eight, uh, Patriots. The Dolphins travel to New England, now losers in four straight games, and now also losing their starting QB. They got to turn to Teddy Bridgewaters to lead them against their division rivals and continue to make a push for the last wild card spot in the AFC. The Patriots look to make one final push as well for that final wild card spot. Um, and Mac Jones is currently 0-3 straight up against the Dolphins. Can he take advantage, though, of the Tua-less-led Dolphins this time? If the, uh, if the Patriots lose this game, they will mathematically be eliminated from the uh, from the playoffs. While, the, while if the Dolphins lose, they'll be in real big trouble and probably find their way out as well. TP, roll me in with some more stats on this one. Look, man, the reason I switched my hat, I don't know if you guys can see this, but I switched my hat. And the reason I switched this out is because the Miami Dolphins' wives, hey, man, suit up. Going on <laughs> vacation soon, right? No tour tackle by Loa. Mike McDaniel's running out of answers. Excuse me. But I think that Coach Belichick, he's got one last hurrah, even though this is his last season. He's not coming back. Um, the Patriots are literally just like a Jacoby Myers advice pass or lateral, whatever you want to call it, from – Realistically, being ahead of the Miami Dolphins, but or, or you know at least tied with them, so I, I think that this Dolphins team loses a four straight. They're spiraling right now. They don't really have an answer, and I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the answer for this game. Um, Bill Belichick's one of those guys that's going to really take advantage when he sees like a wounded puppy. He's like, oh yeah, let's just kill it. Or like like a, like when the shark sees blood and water, right? He's like, okay, time to go in for the kill. Um, the only issue here is that Damian Pierce and Ramon Dre Stevenson are going to be questionable. So we don't know which one of them is going to play if either one of them play. So that's going to be the only flaw. But um, I don't know. I, I feel like New England is going to win. Bradley Chubb, he was removed from last week's game and he's listed as questionable for Miami. He's a very big piece on the defense for this team. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but I like New England here. Okay, Mac Jones getting his first win against the Dolphins, man. Trev, with the current spread sitting at two and a half, you got any bets for us to punch in on this? Mac Jones. Uh, <laughs> I like Mac Jones and the New England Patriots in this spot. Um, like you said, TP, I mean, Belichick's like a guy that, you know, like he's going to he's gonna hit you when you're down. He's going to take advantage of that. Um, so the Patriots are currently um, two and a half point favorites. So with this game, I mean, I like the game to probably end like that. Um, they probably end up winning by three. But if I were – you know, a sappy better. I wait till the game kicked off um, and just kind of watch to see what this uh, Miami Dolphins team did. Um, earlier this year, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, um, he he moved the ball pretty well with this offense. Um, he's able to get it to his playmakers and just kind of generate some offense at first. So I think in the beginning of this game, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami got a score or two. Um, and, you know, people are thinking like, oh, yeah, they could, they could stay in this. But this is literally a game for the playoffs. Um playoff spot um i do think the game ends with new england winning um probably by three but it's a divisional matchup these teams know each other very well um you're dealing with a team that um you know just has way more playoff experience they have way more experience against you know quarterbacks that um haven't started all year um i can only lean new england here uh to cover this particular game um i don't even know what to think about the total to be honest with you I mean, it'd be interesting to see how Bill plays this team, uh, Bill Belichick, um, see what kind of strategy he decides to impose. Mac Jones hasn't looked like a you know straight killer. I mean, um, they've had difficulties in this offense moving the ball at times. 
Um, so we'll see how it looks. Um, I think it just been an ugly game, not a super attractive game to look at. But I mean, I don't really see the New England Patriots losing this game. Um, they made the playoffs last year. Um, they kind of squeezed in. They didn't win that division. They just kind of um, you know, they they still had a playoff spot. So I think New England uh makes it to the playoffs for two years in a row. Miami's already in a spot where okay, even if they win this game, um, and they get into the playoffs. I don't think that they're going to have Tua available. Um, he's suffered way too many um, concussions this year, and I think the NFL is looking at this team like, look, man, like <laughs> we can't have any more, you know, mess ups or anything like this because it's, it paints the NFL in a bad picture. Um, and so it's it's kind of risky because I do think if, like, this team made the playoffs, um, they'd want Tua to play in that game, and I'm sure there'd be a lot of reports from, you know, this doctor gives this opinion, this doctor gives that opinion about whether or not he's ready to play. Um, and I think it could just be really bad, especially if he gets hurt. Um, but Bill has so much experience in these situations that I only look for him, um, you know, to potentially, um, you know, win this game and get a spot in the playoffs. So Patriots, um, I'll take them, minus two and a half. All right, let's go ahead and get into the next one. We got the four ten and one Colts at the eight six and one Giants. After disappointing Monday night football, while showing the Colts travel to New Jersey to take on the Giants and look to play spoilers on the Giants' wild card hopes and end their five game losing streak as well, as well as win their first uh, road game of the season. The Giants return home for their fi- final home game of the season, and after also picking up the win in almost after almost picking up the win in Minnesota last week they look to get back on track against a team that has already gone 0 and 3 in the NFC East uh TP roll me in with some stats on this one the giants control their own destiny here win and they're in simple and there isn't a better opponent for that than the lesser than average Indianapolis Colts and they are going to be without Jonathan Taylor obviously and they'll have Nick Foles at the starting quarterback who only performs well when he's in the Illadelph Derek Carr may seem as an attractive. Um, he, may, he may seem like you know. Let's let's try to attract him here, but you know how many pieces are they going to try to give up to Las Vegas? Because Las Vegas is going to be asking for somebody or some bodies. Um, the Giants just signed Gerard Davis, and the Giants were able to bring Landon Collins onto the um, active roster, but they did lose Tay Crowder. And something to be said were to Trevor about how Daniel Jones has been able to command this Giants team without a true number one and, dare we say, number two receiver on this roster this season. For them to be in the position they are in is somewhat remarkable, and Daniel Jones was able to capitalize on some of these defenses that underestimated him for what it's worth, right? Um, I'm looking at Saquon Barkley here and Vanilla Vic making, um, making statement games, I guess, when the playoffs matter. Um, I mean, Xavier McKinney is not going to be out for the Giants, so this offense is going to have to step up and step in when they really need him to. Um, I don't really know what's going to happen with the Colts, but if they can find a way to go over top, that means that Nick Foles is going to have to check in and tap into his earlier Eagles, Nick Foles, you know, is 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 an earlier BDN phase, but I mean it does it does it does help that he's playing against the Giants and he's very familiar with that team, being in former being a former Eagle. So, good luck to these Giants. I feel like the Giants are going to get this dub and they're going to win this game. But if Nick Foles taps into prime Nick Foles, they're going to be in for a long day. 
All right, with the current spread uh, sitting at minus five and a half for the Giants, Trev, you got any bets for us to punch in on this one? Yeah, uh, this is essentially a playoff game. Like TP said, the Giants win in their end, um, so I think they'll be extra focused here. Um, I lean Giants, like heavy lean Giants minus five and a half. Um, I have a play of the week that I've been putting together, part of a teaser, and the Giants are definitely on that teaser. Um, five and a half is, you know, seems like a lot of points, but – You've got a team here in the Indianapolis Colts who don't let them tell you. They they wouldn't tell you this, but they're definitely tanking right now. Um, I knew they were tanking once they said they wanted to start Nick Foles. And um, after the performance that he delivered against the Chargers um, last week on uh, Monday Night Football, I think it was Monday Night Football, um, there was no doubt in my mind that um, after they said they, they're going with Nick Foles again, that this team is looking to pretty much lose out or just be as non-competitive as possible. Um, and they're playing against a team that, you know, has everything on this game. They're trying to get into the playoffs, and I think that they will. So the New York Giants here, I mean, I I, I definitely think they covered this spread. Um, as far as the total here, I mean, I could see it going under again. You've got the Colts who put up um, – what, they put up three points, I believe, um, against the Los Angeles Chargers. Man, so I'm not saying they'll put up three points again, but, I mean, I look for Nick Foles to probably turn the ball over um, – you know, maybe once or twice a fumble interception, something like that. I just don't think that they'll be very um, competitive here. A play I do like in this game is um, I think they want to get Saquon pretty active. Saquon Barkley, um, anytime touchdown. So uh, that's currently minus 145. Little juice, but um, I do think that could be part of a parlay um, as well. Maybe something that you want to include with that. Uh, so that's the only play that really stands out to me right now. Daniel Jones has a rushing prop of 31 and a half points. Um, but I mean, I could see him attempting to run here. I mean, this is the playoff game. So um, I'm sure they want to pull out all the stops uh, just to get in. Um, I don't think they'll lose or they're in jeopardy of losing this game, especially since the Colts are pretty much conceding. In my opinion, the season at this point in time, they're just like, look, man, we're not making the postseason. We're starting Nick Foles. We're kind of telling you where we're at. Jonathan Taylor's on IR. Um, not really trying to you know, do too much, but yeah, heavy lean to the Giants minus five and a half. Um, and then Saquon Barkley, anytime touchdown minus one forty-five. All right, let's go ahead and get right into the next one. We got the six and nine Saints at the three. I'm sorry, thirteen and two Eagles. Uh, the Andy Dalton led Saints marching to Philly this Sunday, looking to win their third straight game. Something they haven't been able to do since Drew Brees retired. The Eagles. Five, uh, the Eagles' five-game win streak was put to complete halt last week, uh, by none other than them boys, yes sir. And now the Eagles look to get back into their winning ways and lock up the division this Sunday with the win. But here's a quick fun fact for everybody: Andy Dalton, he's a perfect three and zero against the Eagles. Can he continue that streak? TP, roll me in with some stats. Yeah, the Saints are coming to town. Um, please don't. I mean, Micah didn't really do much, but that's neither here nor there. But mm -hmm. the question on everyone's mind is, will Jalen Hurts play? Um, I'm going to say this. If I'm Philadelphia, I don't rush him back yet. Gardner Minshew showed last week that he was more than capable as a backup. I mean, he was a former. He was a former starter in the NFL, and he led this offense in Jalen's absence. His defense, despite giving up 40 points last week, is an elite defense. They can hold New Orleans' offense without fear whatsoever. The Saints' offense scores less than what Philly's defense gives up on average. And despite what the last two games, there isn't much room to believe that guys like Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick, Fletcher Cox, and the rest of the wrecking crew won't be able to handle or hassle Andy Dalton in this offensive line. C.J. Gardner-Johnson um, Gardner is also clear to come up with IR. But an interesting note, 
Lane Johnson has not recovered yet from his groin injury that caused him to leave the game early against the Dallas Cowboys. And it could be big going forward against or for the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. Um, Philadelphia should win this game. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. In the event that they do lose, because we have a new interesting development as well, that Jalen Hurts is listed as doubtful. But I do think Gardner Minshew should handle what needs to be handled against this New Orleans Saints team. All right, Trev, with the current spread sitting at minus five and a half for the Eagles. You got any bets for us to punch in on this one? Um, yeah, I it's tough. I mean, the spread dropped one point um since we started or prior to we started the show. Um, so it was six and a half earlier. It's currently five and a half, but it looks like um it's leaning towards the five and a half because five and a half is sitting at minus one fifteen currently. Um that Eagles record against the Saints, that is alarming for sure. Um, this is a game that the Eagles need to win or they really want to win. Um, I could see a scenario where they don't win this game and it all comes down to the last week of the season uh, for them to clinch up the NFC East as well as um, potentially the number one seed. And I think that'd be exciting for the NFL. I really think it might be. I think it could be something that um, because at that point, the last game we play against um, Washington will be excuse me, a little bit more exciting. I don't know how Washington fares right now in terms of making the playoffs or, or their chances or what needs to happen for them to make the playoffs. I don't think they control their own destiny currently, but um, I believe that last spot is really between like the Packers, the Lions, and the um, and the Commanders. But if the Commanders Eagles lose, can't lose. Yeah, just they can't, can't, lose can't lose. Okay. So, I mean, for me, what it looks like is um, it just makes the rest of the weeks interesting, um, especially when Dallas plays the commanders. Like, what's going to happen there? Is Dallas going to lay down because they, you know, have achieved their goal in terms of locking up a spot and, you know, potentially at that point in time, maybe, you know, the number one seed or, or could be on the line if they win that uh, that last game against the commanders. I don't know, but I think a lot hinges on this matchup um, in the NFC race. Uh, however, um, I like the Eagles to figure out a way to win. Um, they should win just because they're a very complete football team. Um, so even though Jalen Hurts, their star quarterback, is probably going to be missing this game, I do think Gardner Minshew can come out and play a good game. My concern is that the Saints are always one of those tricky teams where it looks like they're down and out pretty much. But, um, you know, a lot of their skill position players have, you know, um, have already, um, you know, have been injured or they've put on injured reserve. But some some way, somehow, they just – this is one of those teams where they're just like a system, kind of like New England. They just kind of figure it out year after year. They haven't really figured it out this year, but um, – you know, they obviously don't have the same firepower they've had in years past, but it's just really tough to look at this team and and think that, you know, they have a really strong chance of beating the Eagles. I might look for them to cover their spread, uh, plus five and a half, but like I mentioned before, I have a play of the week, a teaser play, and the Eagles are on that. Um, so I'm going to lean the Eagles, get the victory here. Um, not really pushing for too, uh, too much on either side uh, for this spread. I just... um. It could just be a funny game. That's all I can say. Um, so we'll see what happens. <clears throat> all right. Let's go ahead and get into the next one. We got the six and nine Panthers at the seven and eight Bucks. The Panthers travel to Tampa winners in three of their last four games and look to make a final push to win that division and make sure Brady doesn't lock things up this Sunday as well. As for the Bucks, they return home after barely escaping Arizona in an overtime field goal win and now turn their attention to division rivals. Uh, after getting embarrassed by them in week seven, 21 to three. And they look to re, uh, rewrite that history and lock up the division. 
The Panthers are one and four straight up and against the spread in their last five meetings against Tampa. And the over is also cashed in in four out of the last six meetings between these two franchises as well. TP, roll me in with some more stats on this one. For a second, I thought Trev was drinking out of a baby bottle, but that's a water bottle. I was confused for a second. I was like, what the fuck is that? However, okay. Let's get back. I, no, I was just looking. I was like, I was like what? What's going on? Um, analysis. No, no. Let's, let's get back to the actual analysis. Um, the mortal is among us, guys. And he may be sitting on his last leg. But Shaq Thompson is questionable. J.C. Horn is out. And that may be the saving grace for Tom Brady and the rest of this Um the rest of this um, Tampa Bay offense, but this Carolina offense is this Carolina defense. I'm sorry, is is fast and they are young, and they bloodied up the Detroit Lions last week, which shocked me because you got. I mean, over the past couple weeks, I've spoken highly about this Detroit offense. This Detroit offense, um, Dante Foreman and Chubb Hubbard, they are two headed beasts that combined for just under 200. I'm sorry, just under 300 yards last week, and I mean, what are you going to do about that? Sam Darnold is doing what needs to be done and nothing more, nothing less. He's just – he's not stepping outside of himself. He's just managing the game, and that's what matters for this Carolina um, Carolina team. Uh, the Bucks just got out of Arizona about to get the team, as Hefe just said, with a win. But prior to that, they had given up 34 and 35-point performances on defense, and they gave up – and they're giving up 119 on the ground in the San Fran game. And it's going to be a long day if they cannot find a way to stop Dante Foreman and Chubba Hubbard. Um, Tom is capable of these long-winded drives. That's what he's known for. He's known for just taking the, it's sucking the air out of teams. I don't want to say the Buccaneers are going to win this game, but I do know that when basically his life is on the line, Tom Brady knows how to play and he plays well. All right, Trev, with the current uh, spread sitting at minus three and a half for the Bucks, you got any bets for us to punch in on this one? So the Bucks against divisional opponents this year. Uh they have not fared um all that well. Um they just have not. I mean, the only thing I could really think, I mean, this team previously beat them earlier in the year, um, where Tampa Bay were 13 point favorites, straight up loss. Um the only way I could look at this is Tampa Bay covers and a close game. Um not Tampa Bay, uh Carolina covers a close game and Tampa Bay manages to win. Um, I've been on record saying Carolina in games where they are dogs. Um, I lean towards them. I take them. Um, I don't know what it is. They just seem to take care of business when they're dogs. Um, and Tampa Bay, man, they don't cover spreads when they're favorites. They just don't. I mean, they barely cover spreads when they're um, when they're um, dogs and things like that. Um, sometimes they just get kind of you know just blown out. But man, I think that Carolina could cover this game. Tampa Bay could win this game. I think that's the outcome that sports books NFL would like. Um, but man, this, this is really tough to cover um to cap just because um Tampa Bay needs to win. Um, I'm sure everyone is riding on Brady, um, thinking that he'll get a win and he'll get into the playoffs still. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Tom Brady lost here. I mean, <laughs> um, this has been an interesting season. We thought he was coming back. We figured um, you know, he'd get everything that he was owed that he didn't accomplish last year. And it has just been a terrible, terrible season. Uh, folks are like, man, you should have just stayed retired. Um, I don't think he reverts back to form of, you know, how he previously was. But, um, man, it's hard to predict these games, man. I mean, they could really go either way. Um, we just saw Carolina last week um, just have a field day running the football. Um, but that's not every week for them. So 
I really don't know which way to to go. Um, I'm just going to lean uh, Carolina. And um, I think Tampa Bay manages to eke out a win somehow. So um, that's that's what I got for this one. Nothing on the props or the total or anything like that. Last week, though, um, I know, Hefe, what you mentioned about the over coming in uh, with these teams. But uh, last week, uh, Tampa Bay and um, Arizona, they went into overtime. And I believe the total was still under. Uh, 41 points so I do think that this Tampa Bay team has struggled uh scoring the football I think the under might be a look as well all right let's go ahead and get into the next one we got the six and nine Browns at the seven seven and one commanders Watson and the Browns travel to Landover over after after going two and two in his uh, last four games and eliminated from the playoffs Deshaun Watson and the Browns will play their final two games on the road and they will they will look to play spoilers to the commanders' wild card hopes and build some momentum for themselves looking forward to next season. While the commanders return home after a crushing loss to the 49ers, they look to make their final wild card push starting this Sunday. Uh, TP, roll me in with some more stats. So I, I, I personally don't understand why Carson Wentz is going to be starting here in D.C., man. I, aside from the fact that the commanders paid him all this money and that's just what it is. They're just trying to make, they're trying to show that there's a reason why we paid him all this money. Otherwise, Tyler, Taylor, um, sorry, Taylor Heineke should be starting. Chase Young was slow last week, but I mean, he, he's only going to build off of that. You know, it's, it's been what a year and a half since he played. Um, the commanders, I mean, they didn't really look bad against the 49ers initially, but the game just slipped away due to some turnovers and, and, you know, here comes Carson Wentz, who didn't necessarily do any better. But what are we going to do? You know, they paid them all this money. And now here we are. The Cleveland, I'm sorry, the Cleveland Browns, not the Cleveland Cavaliers. Happy birthday, LeBron. Cleveland Browns are 2-2 two and two with the insertion of Deshaun Watson. And their defense has only given up 20-plus once over the previous five games. Their offense really just has strength. Deshaun Watson just has to find the groove. He has to really look to Nick Chubb. He has to find guys like Amari Cooper, um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, um, David Njoku. I don't know if he's back yet, but they've really just got to uh, really get involved. Those guys have really got to give Deshaun Watson openings here. Um, but Amari Cooper, maybe he may be sitting this week. He's questionable. Amari Cooper is one of those guys that really knows watching it in and out. And if he is available, he's going to be an essential weapon for Deshaun Watson. Uh, but the commanders, again, like they, they're one of those guys. So there's one of those teams that really control their own destiny. Um, and if they win in the Lions, Seahawks, and Packers all lose, they, they get into the playoffs. But those odds are similar to some of my 19 and 21 leg parlays. Looks like it's not going to happen. So we'll see what happens here. Well, if you don't bet on it, it just might just because you didn't bet on it. But speaking of bets, man, Trev, with the current spread sitting at minus one and a half for the uh, commanders, you got any bets for us to punch in on this? Honestly, no. I mean, I think earlier <laughs> <No>. <laughs> earlier this spread was um at two, and I know that's not much of a difference, but, man, it's like this game can go either way, and I think the lines, obviously, they reflect that. Um, Carson Wentz, who has not had a lot of success as commander's quarterback. I mean, he's looked good at times, and then other times he just looks like he doesn't know he what he's doing bad. out there. Yeah, he's he looks bad. really yeah. He's looked okay in spurts during the game, but normally it's just like when the other team is um 
just kind of like, you know, has already taken control of the game and he looks good, um, scores a touchdown, like he the yards and everything. It looks like, you know, what you would expect. But it's it's really hard to predict how this game is going to go, man. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled him during the game if he's doing too bad. Um, I guess I lean towards the dog here, the Cleveland Browns. Um, I, I guess I'll take them plus the one and a half or plus two. Um, I just really don't trust Carson Wentz, uh, so we'll see what happens. But uh, that's really the only play I have. I mean, this game could truly go either way. Um, the Commanders have a lot riding on this game. I don't know how much the Browns have riding on this game. I don't understand where their season um, really lies at this point. But I know the Commanders, you know, just because I keep up with them in the NFC East, they have way more. Um, I think their their playoff spot um, trajectory is a lot easier. Um, they just have to win and win. But uh, the Browns I mean, are eliminators mathematically. Are they? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, they've got nothing to play for. Um, why not be a spoiler then? I'm sorry. I think you did mention that. But um, I, I guess I lean Cleveland here. See what happens. All right. Let's go ahead and get into the last one o'clock game. We got the seven and eight Jags against the two 12 and one Texans. The division leading Jags travel to Houston and are currently in control of their own destiny. And all they have to do is win these last two games. And Jackson will be in the playoffs for the first time in the Trevor Lawrence era and the first time since 2017 when BB was in at the helm. That's Blake Borders for all you guys that don't know that. The Texans return home after getting their second win of the season last week and and, and and ending their nine-game losing streak and now turn their attention to doing exactly what they did last season, sweeping Jacksonville, and what they've pretty much done for the most part of the last nine games as they've won nine in a row against the team. And Davis Mills has now improved his straight-up record to 4-19-1 straight up all-time in his career. With half of his games... With half of his wins coming against the Jags, can Davis Mills find his fifth win this Sunday against the Jags at home in, in uh, Texas. TP, roll me in with some more stats on this one. Sorry, I got a little irritated when you started mentioning the Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars, both teams that the Cowboys struggled against. So that's that's all that ruckus in the background. Um, I don't really see a situation where the Texans do pull this game out. I know Jacksonville has, you know, finally, excuse me, taken control of a division lead. Um, I think that Trevor Lawrence and Doug Dougie P they they know what needs to be done here. Um, Travis Etienne and you know guys like Christian Kirk. I think that this 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 um this offense you know they're they're high powered now, right? They they know what they know what it takes, and they've been in situations where it's like okay, this is this is a very important game. We need to win this game here. Uh, the Texans, if if they're smart, they're going to lay down, try to get good draft position um i know pride can be on the line because it's an division opponent but like you know this 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 isn't your year right you guys are in a rebuild just got to figure it out i think jacksonville takes this win they should win it's not gonna be a sweep here i think jacksonville gets the dub here all right trev man with the current spread sitting at jacksonville minus uh three you got any bets for us to punch in on this yeah i definitely think jacksonville takes the win in this matchup uh i also believe that there's potential for Houston to cover, but I the way I've seen Jacksonville play as of late, even though this is a divisional matchup, so these teams know each other pretty well, I do see that um, Houston could kind of try to keep it close and you know somehow cover the spread. But you also have to remember, Houston's not trying to win any more football games. I really don't think they are. I mentioned a few weeks ago they could win like one more game. I wouldn't be surprised if they won that. 
but now they're really at the mercy of the Bears. They, uh, if the Bears lose again, you know, they don't want to lose another game either. And being that these games are played around the same time, their best bet is to just focus on losing the game somehow. Um, so I do think that it'll be a good game for the running game. Um, teams are able to run on the Houston Texans. So I look at uh, Travis Etienne uh, to score a touchdown. Currently the um, odds for that are minus 110. Um, I also look for Evan Ingram to have a good game as he's, you know, just kind of been balling out recently. Currently his lines are not, um, are not out yet, but um, I look for him to just kind of continue the streak that he's been having. Um, yeah. I just, I just think the Jacksonville Jaguars managed to take care of business here. Houston is not in the business of winning any more football games. Um, and, you know, their closest rivals, the bears, they don't want to, you know, tie with the bears or anything like that and leave it to like, you know, some strength of schedule, or I don't know how they determine, but, you know, just some other metric, but uh, the only way I can lean is Jacksonville in this matchup and nothing on the total here. I mean, go either way, honestly. It's kind of wild how teams just like fold in the season. It's like, yeah, I just want to go to the draft. I just want to go for the draft. Like, I wonder how the rest of the players feel. That's how they're here. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think mean, I think it's one of those things where it's like players want to play. You know, some guys want to play even if they're not playing for anything. Some guys are playing for next year's contract or you know a spot on the team. You know, next yeah, year or something. Sure, sure, so sure. they play hard, but it's like I think yeah. the coach what they do. Baker's they just, out here auditioning. Yeah, I think I think the coach yes. what they do. Um, the coach is just looking to like mix the lineups up enough where it's like okay, we have low probability of success with this current lineup. I remember this infamous play a few years ago. It was like I think it was like the Raiders and the Jets and um. Basically, the Raiders won the game because the Jets decided to do like a zero blitz on like fourth and whatever. And it was like a go ahead touchdown. And it was just like, why would you call that play? And so the coach was just like, yeah, well, we we thought that was the best play at the time. But everyone knows, you know, calling that type of defense like you're just you're asking, you know, it's setting you up, giving the other team the opportunity to just get a go ahead touchdown in that situation because they were not trying to to win that football game. They're trying to get Zach Wilson, I think, at the time. So, um, yeah. Yeah, Big I don't fan. know if you guys remember that yeah. that matchup. It sounds like it sounds familiar. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. Well, guys, let's go ahead and get into the four o'clock hour. Up first, we got the eleven and four Forty ers against the six and nine Raiders. The Forty ers travel to Vegas for their final road game of the season and look to keep their current eight game winning streak alive. With Derek Carr now on the bench for the final two games of the season, the Raiders turn to Stidham. Hopefully I said that right. To take things over for the Raiders. Stidham? Okay. Well, for all the airheads airheads out in Las Vegas, let me clue you in on something. This guy was under your head coach for three years as an offensive coordinator in New England with Bill Belichick. So, I'm not saying this could happen, but could it happen? With all the weapons in, in, in Vegas, could the Raiders play spoilers to that eight-game win streak. TP, roll me in with some more stats. Now, it's interesting that you brought up Derek Carson. Um, allegedly, this is to prevent a potential injury, where $32.9 million for the 2023 season and $7.5 million for the 2024 season will be guaranteed for Derek Carr. I mean, it makes sense for the Raiders front office, for sure, especially if they're looking to offshore Derek, um, Derek Carr somewhere in the offseason. But he states that he'd rather retire a Raider than go play anywhere else. Noble, but not really my concern. Devontae Adams, while being close to family, may have some thoughts about the recent developments in Las Vegas, but as long as he's not helping Aaron Rodgers anymore, I could care less as well. Um, Chandler Jones is going to be in the IR. This Raiders team can really just relax in these final weeks, and they they really need to figure out what's going on with Derek Carr and figure out what's going on. 
for their team going forward. I expect San Fran to come in and handle the opposition with ease, given this um, this would be Stidham's first start. But Mr. Relevant has been very relevant. He's averaged two TDs since Jimmy Garoppolo broke his foot. And it also helps his defense, who was only giving up 14 points in the same span, not to mention that they've scored defensive touchdowns. And their run game is solidified with Christian McCaffrey as well. So this San Francisco team is a well-oiled machine going forward. All right, Trev, with the current spread sitting at minus nine and a half for the 49ers, you got any bets for us to punch in on this one? Yeah, I lean San Francisco here. Um, this is one of those matchups just very similar to um, when they played Washington last week. I think the spread was set at seven. That felt like a lot of points, too. Um, I believe that game was being played in, I think it was Washington. Uh, so they're on the road again, um, and I think that they – will take care of business. The only other time where they didn't take care of business and it ended up really bad on the road was when they played the Falcons earlier in the year. And this is when the Falcons are on this tear of, you know, covering spreads as underdogs. I think the Falcons were like seven point dogs at this point in the season going against the 49ers who they may have had Trey Lance at that point in time. I don't think Jimmy was starting, um, but either way, um, the Atlanta Falcons managed to just straight up beat them. Um, so that was surprising, but you know, there could be a lot of reasons that, you know, it was a cross country trip, you know, whatever, you know, Maybe the guys just were, you know, just not feeling it. I don't, I don't know what the case could have been uh, early in the season, but yeah, San Francisco. Um, this spread was set at earlier this week. I believe it was set at a uh, minus six or so, something like that. Maybe up to eight, less than nine and a half, essentially. Um, when the news of Derek Carr came about, um, the spread jumped up to nine and a half. Um, the reason I think that you know San Francisco can cover this game, um, and they probably will cover, is because of Jared Stidham facing, you know, one of the better defenses uh, in the NFL. Um, Stidham, you know, he did well in certain spots for New England uh, when Josh McDaniels, the coach of the Raiders, was, uh, you know, in New England as the offensive coordinator. But this is Vegas, and Vegas has struggled with Derek Carr. I mean, Derek Carr's statistics, stats this year have not been really great. Um, I do think Derek Carr is a good quarterback, but, you know, it just hasn't um, looked all that good this year. So one thing um, I look to is just um, – you know, just the inexperience of this team, how bad they played. And now they have a, you know, a lesser person at, you know, quarterbacking right now um, from a football standpoint, lesser person um, quarterbacking this team. So I don't think this team will do um, too much better. I mean, they can score some points, sure. But I mean, I just heavy lean San Francisco to, you know, keep it going uh, when they're what eighth, ninth consecutive game and then cover the spread as well in this matchup. Uh, San Francisco is another team that I have as part of my, um play of the week um as a teaser so i like them a lot um this week no particular props or anything christian mccaffrey might come back in the form um last week he was um he wasn't the christian mccaffrey we've all come to know and love he did get a touchdown but he um didn't brush the ball um all too much so a lot of those lines are not currently out for um you know rushing but mccaffrey to get a touchdown is currently sitting at um and minus 160. Also, there's a lot of um dissatisfaction with this team amongst his players. Devontae Adams, I don't think he's too happy. He may regret that decision. Um, just from a football's perspective, um, you know, for his career trajectory, where it's gonna go. I'm sure whoever's gonna be the quarterback next year is gonna, you know, ball out with Adams, but I'm sure that he would, you know, probably prefer to win. And I just don't think that this team's in a position to do that. Josh Jacobs, um, I saw him post game uh last week talking about, you know, he just gives it his all. Um, that team picked up his fifth year option um, without giving him the contract. So I do think that Josh Jacobs could be somebody that um, is potentially on the out. And it's just like this low motivation spot here, maybe for this whole team 
But uh, one thing I do like is George Kittle anytime touchdown. This is cash the past two weeks, and he's actually scored multiple touchdowns um in those games. So I look for him, um, George Kittle plus 130 anytime touchdown. All right, let's go ahead and get into the next one. We got the seven and eight Jets at the seven and eight Seahawks. The Jets travel to Seattle looking to snap their four game uh, their four game losing streak and and look to make a push for the final uh, wild card spot in the AFC. The Seahawks return home on a three game losing streak and look to make their final push for a, a wild card spot as well. Geno Smith once again finds himself playing one of his. Uh, former teams he's already gone two and zero this season against those teams can he make it three and zero against the last one tp roll me in with some more stats on this one both of these teams are in a must-win situation and i feel like the jets are at a disadvantage with zach wilson on the center but luckily mike white is back tj mostly stated in a um in an interview the Jets team does trust him, and they notice that there is a spark on the field when Mike White is in the center. Unfortunately, he is on three in the road, going into one of the most volatile stadiums for opposing teams, and it's going to present an issue for snap reads and audibles if they become hostile as expected because the Seattle 12th man is as dangerous as it is presented. The run game for the Jets has been very quiet, only averaging 1.8 for whatever reason, but in the event that Mike White is startled, they're going to have to find a way to run against this 31st ranked rush defense in the league. Garrett Wilson and Elijah Muhammad will, I'm sorry, Elijah Moore, not Elijah Muhammad. That's the most worst football, Elijah Muhammad. I apologize for that. Elijah Moore will be ecstatic to have him back as both the numbers boost up to 112 yards per game and 48 respectively. As we've heard, the issue that Elijah Moore does have with Zach Wilson. The Seahawks already have a lot of questionables on offense with Kenneth Walker, Tyler Lockett, Marquise Goodwin, and Noah Fant being, um, being among the notables. But if their defense is pretty healthy, which they are, and unlike the – I'm sorry – and unless the rushing attack gets the wear that's defense down, the Seahawks with their 12th man should be able to rattle Mike White and win this game. All right, Trev, with the current spread sitting at minus one and a half for the Jets, you got any bets for us to punch in on this one? Um, Tough game to cap. Tough game. I really just think that it could go either way. Um, I could see the Jets covering this one. Um, Mike White at quarterback, he's you know giving this team a different look, different motivation. So I could see I could see this team coming out and um and winning this one, but it's a close spread. So I mean it's it's you're really just picking the winner here. Um, you know whoever you think is going to win is probably going to cover this spread. Um, and I think New York could potentially win this game. San, uh, Seattle started off hot, but I never thought that they were going to be that team that um, you know, won a division, won a playoff spot. It could still happen. I mean, Geno Smith has played outstanding this year, but at this point in the year, I think I think the New York Jets with Mike White are just potentially the better team. They had the way better defense. Um, that's what I look for in this one. I don't have any, um, you know, passing or, you know, props or rushing props or anything like that. But uh, I think Garrett Wilson could have a really good game. I like him over 66 and a half. Um, he always does good when uh, Mike White is quarterbacking. The Seahawks do not have a great defense. So I guess I'll go with that one. I'll go with Garrett Wilson over 66 and a half um, receiving yards. I like that. I like that play. Um, that's all I got for this one. All right, let's go ahead and get right into the next one. We got the 12 and three Vikings at the seven and eight Packers. The Vikings finished up their final home game last week with the win and now turn their attention to two divisional road games up first, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And two weeks after ending the Packers three year reign as NFC North champs, they look to put the final blow in their wild card hopes. 
The Packers return home, winners in three straight games, and with their final two games against divisional opponents, they look to try and continue to run the table and make a push for a wild card spot in the NFC. The over has cashed in four out of five of the last meetings between these two franchises as well. TP, roll me in with some more stats on this one. Aaron Rodgers has found a way, once again, to sneak his ugly head into the playoff picture. And they may sneak in if they can beat the Minnesota Vikings plus the Detroit Lions and either the Commanders lose one game or the Giants lose both games. Now, depending on whether the Eagles win against New Orleans or lose, the Cowboys will rest their players and that outside their rest plays against the commanders. And that is what will determine whether the Packers have a really good chance of getting into the playoffs or not. Uh, Kirk cousins happens to play decently well against Aaron Rodgers. He's averaging two times a game when they show up. Unfortunately for Kirk, this is somewhat of a primetime game and probably a candidate for America's game of the week, which happens to be a kryptonite for Kirk. Aaron Jones is still hampered with a bit of an ankle injury. So I expect, I can see a lot of A.J. Dillon involved in this game as well. Aaron Rodgers also likes to find Christian uh, Christian Watson, who has emerged as the number one wide receiver there, but Patrick Peterson should be up to the desk. Both these teams are very familiar with one another, but I feel as though with J.J., uh, some guys know him as Justin Jefferson, trying to sh- or he already has shared up the single-season receiving record for the franchise, um, previously held by Randy Moss. He's going to be looking to break the NFL record, which is held by Calvin Johnson at 19 I'm sorry 1,964 yards and Justin Jefferson is only 209 yards away I'm sure that they're going to be trying to find a way to get him the ball which means that Green Bay is going to have a lot to deal with and I believe that Minnesota is going to win this game all right with the current spread sitting at minus three for the Packers Trev man you got any bets for us to punch in on this one um I don't like Green Bay when they're laying points um unless it's against the Chicago Bears, which this is not. Um, so it's the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, they gave them the standard three points. Um, normally a home team, um, you know, gets three points, you know, three-point favorite because they're at home versus a road team, especially in the division. So this is, to me, it's really a pick game. Like, I know it says three, but it's really a pick game. Um, and I do think the Green Bay Packers can win this, man. Fortunately, I think it'd be a little revenge from earlier in the season. The Vikings kind of came in and crushed the Packers. And that was before we knew how good the Vikings um, would end up being this year. But the Vikings, they've been a lot of one-score games. Um, so, I mean, I could see an avenue where they cover, excuse me, where they cover as well. Um, cornerback for the Green Bay Packers, uh, Jahir Alexander, uh, said recently that um, Justin Jefferson having the game he did when they first met up, was a fluke uh, when they when they beat them, and he doesn't expect that to happen again. I personally don't like when cornerbacks start talking big like this, um, you know, right before a matchup, because they seem to just always get smoked whenever they say this. So, um, and I think that just goes for sports anyways. Like, a lot of people say, oh, I'm going to smoke this team or whatever. They're talking big, and then they end up getting, you know, smoked. Uh, so, I don't want to say Green Bay as a three-point favorite. I like them more in a dog role like they were um, – last week against Miami and you know they somehow you know pulled that that went out uh I figured they might cover but um yeah they they won that game straight up so I'm gonna go with Minnesota to cover um I could see Green Bay maybe winning this game by three or something like that uh so pretty much looking at a push but man um I'm going to go with Minnesota here. It's not that I don't think Green Bay can't win this game. And then there's the whole narrative of, you know, Rodgers getting into the playoffs and kind of winning out like he said he would. Um, but I just don't want to lay the points. This game might be better to lie, bet. one of these teams are, are going to go up first. And I think um, at that point in time, it's an opportunity. If Green Bay goes up first, probably get a pretty good deal on Minnesota because they always seem to be in these one-point um, scoring games. So 
I'm going to lean with Minnesota and see what happens. So that's my pick. All right. Um, Real quick before we got in, get into the last four o'clock game, I got a, a a quick prop bet that's cashed in for me for the last couple of weeks here. Justin Jefferson's uh, yardage total, man. He's 80 plus every week. I've been putting it on my my tickets and, and that's been check green check every week for me. I love it. I love to see it. Justin Jefferson. Keep it going, man. Yeah, actually, this week. Actually, Hefe, that's a, that's a great point. Um, I forgot to mention the touchdown score props. Um, I do like a few things here. I like uh, Justin Jefferson, anytime touchdown, plus 100. I was surprised the odds were plus 100, um, to be honest with you. Um, but, I mean, I'll, I'll take him any week to, you know, score a touchdown. The other play I like is uh, TJ Hawkinson, um, plus 230. He scored two touchdowns um, just last week. I mean, he seems to be Kirk's um, – you know, second guy that he likes to go to in this offense is Jefferson. Then it's it's Hawkinson, and then it's like Dealing and uh, Dalvin Cook. Um, so I like I like both of those. Um, and obviously I I like uh, Justin Jefferson pretty much any game. Um, especially when there's a lot to prove. Um, and I'm sure he's heard what Jahir Alexander had to say about him. So and there's also the whole thing where he's going after the uh, you know, he's in play to potentially beat the um to break the record set by Calvin Johnson, albeit it'll probably be in one more game um, versus the 16 game season that Calvin Johnson accomplished it in. He'll probably accomplish it in 17 games, but still a spectacular feat. Nonetheless, even to be just this close, I mean, he could potentially do it in this game, but um, those odds are not out. Uh, so currently this game on FanDuel does not have any receiving props. It just has the um, the touchdown scoring pops, props currently. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into that last four o'clock game. We got the five and ten Rams at the nine and six Chargers. Baker Mayfield and the Rams uh, look to line up against the Chargers this week, and with the Rams already eliminated from the playoffs, look for Baker to try and just continue to build on his resume for a team to t to sign him this off season. The Chargers are now winners in three straight games, and with their wild card spot already locked up, not much left to really play for. How serious will they even take these last two games? TP. Roll me in with some more stats on this one. L.A. and L.A., man. And most of these fans will be tending to their gardens or at some sort of winery conversing about Silicon Valley and whether the cryptocurrencies are becoming less volatile, the interesting developments in the Sam Bankman-Fried case, or whether Logan Paul will come clean in his latest scam, CryptoZoo. Shout out to CoffeeZilla for breaking that case wide open, man. You see, this is what's going on in L.A., this is what's more important because this game really doesn't have much value. The Chargers here have locked up a playoff spot and the Rams are eliminated. And more or less, this game is just for pride. But most of the fans out West don't see much concern and they don't really want to pay attention to this game at all. I think the Chargers come into this game and clean up some minor inconsistencies here and they get the good foot going with Justin being uh, Justin. Um, you know, it, it's his first emergency in the playoffs. Kenan Allen, Joshua Palmer, and Mike Williams all have to get on the same page with him if they want to have a solid push into the playoffs. They have to ensure that this defense is going to be able to limit any errors. And Derwin James, hey, brother, no more head on you, okay? This isn't Bounty Gate. This isn't New Orleans. Cut it out, okay? Greg Williams, Sean Payne, they're not here. Calm down. Don't get ejected from any games. You hold value to this Chargers defense. <laughs> All right, Trev, with the current spread sitting at minus six and a half for the Chargers, you got any bets for us to punch in on this one? Um, Not really, man. I mean, this team, they handle business this season. Um, The Justin Herbert era has um reached uh, <laughs> the playoffs. Um, Not too much to say. I mean, the Los Angeles um, Chargers and the Rams are just very 
different teams at this point in the season. The Rams are just trying to just trying to keep people entertained at this point. Um, but I mean, they did have a fifty point victory last week against the um, against the, uh, the Denver Broncos, which was which was huge. Um, but man, I don't know which side to pick on this one. It's, it's pretty difficult. Um, pretty difficult to call it. I mean, I I don't know. I don't think the Chargers have any incentive to really win this game or, you know, I don't, I don't think that that impacts their standings um, in the playoffs um, seating wise. So it's tough to call it. Um, the Rams have covered, um, they covered last game, the Chargers covered last game. Um, albeit uh, the Chargers were facing very weak competition. The Rams are facing pretty strong competition here. I could see the Rams playing in a close game with their LA rival, um, you know, I could see the Rams potentially covering this game. Um, I don't think the Chargers have to give too much effort um, in the spot. So I'd look for the Rams. Um, that's a lot of points right there. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with the Rams to cover. But no other plays um, in this matchup just because I feel like they've clinched a playoff spot. So they might, you know, just play this game a little bit differently. Chargers um, just from a player personnel standpoint. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into the granddaddy of Sunday, Sunday night football. We got the 7-8 and eight Steelers traveling to the 10-5 and five Ravens. Mike Tomlin and the Steelers travel to Baltimore to take on, on the Ravens and look to seek revenge for a two-point loss just a few short weeks ago in Pittsburgh. After bouncing back last week against the Falcons, the Ravens turn their attention to the Steelers in hopes that the Bengals lose this week and, po- and they can possibly battle out for the division next week. Mike Tomlin must win these last two games in order to keep mm-hmm. that over 500 or better record intact. So I'll be looking out for that one as well. TP, roll me in with some more stats on this one. The Ravens still have a division to play for if they'd like. But, I mean, I think the better decision will be to ensure that Lamar Jackson is going to be good to go for the playoff push. I understand what it is they want to do, but you really have to give yourself a better chance succeeding when it comes to games that truly matter now that you're in. Um, a la Philadelphia. The Steelers are fighting for a chance to keep Tomlin's above 500 streak alive, and they have proven me wrong last week against Atlanta. Um, the ghost of – wait, I'm sorry, not Atlanta. Who did they play last week? The Raiders. I'm sorry, the Raiders. The ghost of Franco Harris kept it alive, and Derek Carr being a bum. Pittsburgh may be gifted a chance if Lamar doesn't start because they're off because the offense is ranked 30th in points, 21st in total yards, and 31st in passing, and 32nd in red zone efficiency with Tyler Huntley and Lynn Helm. Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins are really going to have to shoulder the brunt of the work here if Lamar doesn't start and if they want a chance of winning the division here. But I do think that if Lamar doesn't start, the Baltimore Ravens are just going to accept the fact of where they are and the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to get a win and another chance at keeping Mike Tomlin's streak alive. All right, Trev, with the current uh, spread sitting at minus two and a half for the Ravens, you got any bets for us to punch in on this one? Do Pittsburgh Steelers, money line, plus 116, Pittsburgh, plus two and a half. Um, This line was at three earlier, so pretty typical spread, Um, you know, for divisional rivals, kind of like the Minnesota-Green Bay game, uh, spread set at three. But I heavy lean to the Pittsburgh Steelers to cover this one at plus two and a half, just because – I think they'll get the win here. I do think that the the play to, you know, Tomlin to, you know, be above 500 is definitely definitely alive. And I think it's definitely aware in the hearts and minds of these players in this organization. Um, you look at last week when they played the Raiders, um, I was like, man, there's no way. There's no way they lose this game. And um, 
you know, uh, at one point in the game, I think the spread was, it went up to like, uh, like plus seven or something like that. Um, you know, seven, you know, basically for either side. And I was like, man, you got to take the Steelers. I didn't take it. Um, but it was a situation where I'm like, there's no way that they lose, you know, you know, giving the emotional significance of that game, honoring, uh, Franco Harris, um, in that particular, you know, matchup, it was a home game for them. I figured they might win. Uh, this one's in Baltimore, you know, typically I'm a Pittsburgh, not, um, a Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan. I like the Ravens, but, I could see the Pittsburgh Steelers winning this game. Lamar is not returning this week. They've already uh, clinched a playoff spot. Um, I don't know too much what they have to play for other than just, you know, to evaluate guys. And I do think that, you know, Pittsburgh and the NFL are just kind of pushing for Tomlin to, you know, get that win. Um, I don't think Pittsburgh can make the playoffs at all, even if they have a winning record. Um, But I think it'll just go to symbolize that this is, uh, you know, a winning franchise. I think it's a good look for the NFL. It's a good look for Tomlin, Um, you know, just – black coaches um you know just minority coaches like you know this team has a really good history so I do think there there will be like some sort of um you know just something dug into that game just you know where they they may not only cover but they they win the game somehow too um I do think it'll be a low scoring game and um Ravens have not put up a lot of points recently neither have the Steelers uh so we'll see what happens but I lean Pittsburgh Steelers to cover this one that's the only player I got in this game you know, Trev, man, I had to check my headset a little bit because you said Steelers. You said Steelers money line, and I was like, I was. Ta- I had to sit back in the seat and everything. I, I was taken yeah. back. Yeah. I couldn't believe my ears. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's go ahead and get into uh, some Monday night football action. We got the twelve and three Bills at the eleven and four Bengals. The Bills traveled to uh, Cincinnati on a six game win streak and look to continue their path to claiming that first seed in the AFC. Meanwhile, the Bengals return home on a seven game win streak and with only one home loss on the season, the Bengals look to continue their success at home for these final uh, two home games they have. With both of these AFC teams flaming hot, whose fire will get burnt out on Monday night football? TP, roll me in with some more stats on this one. Unfortunately for the Bills, I think that they have this issue when, you know, games, games like really, really matter, a la last year and things like that. You know, they, they can't bring it together. And I don't want to bring up the 90s where they lost, what was it, four Bulls in a row. Um, Josh Allen got hurt earlier in the season. And I just have this odd feeling that it's, it's going to come back to hurt them in some way, shape or form. I do think that the Bengals get this game. It's going to be, if I'm not mistaken, it's at home in Cincinnati, correct? Yeah. yeah. I, I think that Cincinnati with a healthy the healthy roster is going to make a play. And I think that I said that in the beginning of the season, the beginning of the season that I do believe that Cincinnati Bengals were going to defend their crowd and they were going to get back to the Super Bowl in the AFC. Um, I think that this Cincinnati team, as most teams do when it's time to get the Super Bowl, they are peaking at the very right time. And I do think that Buffalo peaked too early and they're going to falter a little bit, man. I, um, Gabe Davis and um, what's his name? Stephon Diggs, very solid offense. But, you know, you're missing Von Miller, uh, a, a huge leader on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that's, that, that's going to hurt Buffalo at the end of the day. And Joe Burrow, man, smoking them stonks. Them stonks. So I, I do think Cincinnati does find a way to pull this game out. 
And it's going to be very, it's there's, there's going to be some questions in Buffalo. I think it's going to be a couple of questions at the end of the season if they don't make the Super Bowl. But I do think Buffalo has some questions that need to be answered. All right, Trev, man, with the current spread for this game, sitting at minus one and a half for the Bills. You got any bets for us to punch in on this one? I've got two plays that I really like in this game. Um, the first one's going to be Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I don't like taking Buffalo when they're on the road. Um and they they're pretty much favorites all the time. Um, so there hasn't been too many situations where the Bills are, you know, dogs at any point in time. But when they're on the road, um, they kind of struggle um a little bit. And I think their struggles could continue. I've said this a few times before the Cincinnati Bengals have like a Super Bowl defense. Their defense is really, really strong. Um, the thing that concerns me though is that they lost um one of their starting offensive tackles. Um, actually a former member of the Dallas Cowboys, um, and Lael Collins, I believe he tore his ACL. So he's out for the, for the year, um, you know, won't be available in the playoffs or anything. And, uh, Cincinnati, they've actually had a, you know, the same starting offensive line unit, I think pretty much throughout the season. And last year they didn't, they didn't have that. Joe Burrow was the most sack quarterback in the league. So I'm interested to see how that will look, um, in this game, I know last week when they were playing the New England Patriots, um, you know, I, we had talked before um, about that game and I was like, yo, the Bengals are going to blow them out. I don't know why the spread is so low at three and a half and through pretty much three and a half quarters they were. I mean, they were up like 27 to um, like seven or six or something like that. Um, they're just blowing them out. Uh, I didn't see that game live, but the Patriots managed to, you know, kind of squeak back in there and, um Cincinnati barely covered that spread. So um, that was a weird game um, just because, you know, I don't look at that Patriots team that as a team that's built to kind of come back in matches. So um, I actually might look at that game and examine it before I put, you know, any, um, you know, money on this one. But uh, Cincinnati, I like them plus the one and a half. I, I can see areas where the, um, the Bills could definitely, um, you know, cover their spread and win the game as well. But if you're asking for one and a half, you're asking for a win. But uh, because this will be a, you know, primetime matchup, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they managed to get this game just to be within like a point or two um, for the victor. Um, I do look at this game similar to the Kansas City and uh, Buffalo Bills game earlier this year, uh, back in October when they, uh, those two teams played. And um, Hefe, you probably remember this, but Romo, he was on the broadcast for that game on CBS. And he was saying like, man, the way these teams are battling, this is going to be like not a high scoring game, which it was, it was projected to be, but like a low scoring. He said like 44, something like that, 46 points. And man, Tony Romo is like Doctor Strange with the time stone, man. He was able to predict pretty much the score that it landed on. So it's pretty impressive. Um, I think this will be another one of those games as well. I don't see this one going over 49 or 50 points. Um, probably an under game, but I could see why people could think it's, you know, will go higher. Cincinnati just has a really good defense. Um, Buffalo hasn't been, you know, scoring too many points as of late. I think they did okay against Chicago, but Chicago just turned the ball over too many times. Um and uh, that, you know, that team was able to capitalize. But, yeah, I lean Cincinnati heavy um, in this one. And they're also going to be part of my um, my teaser, my play of the week, that I'll, I'll give out in a few minutes. No all other right. plays uh, uh, for this one. All right. Well, with all that being said, that wraps up our, our football take. And let's go ahead and get into a moment of silence. Um, this week on tap, we got a guy who he plays football, or he, he did play football. Uh, just not the American, you know, football. Um, this week it's he's coming from Brazil. Um, and you know, matter of fact, shout out to uh, one of my guys. I haven't seen him in a long time, but he was adopted from Brazil. I grew up with him, so shout him out, man. Love you. Hope you're doing well. Hope every hope the family's doing good. 
Um, but we're going to have a moment of silence for Pele. Played uh, played soccer. And like I said, he's from Brazil. Uh, do you guys have anything you guys wanted to add real quick? They're one of the best soccer players to ever play the game. Or football players to ever play the game. Three World um, Cups. Um, no one's beating that. No one else um, has that. It's really impressive. Yeah. Um, you know, Messi. Sorry, not Messi. Messi is arguably up there, but Pele's the guy when it when it's all said and done. So, rest in peace. Yes, at eighty-two years old, rest in peace, Pele. So let's go ahead and have a moment of silence for the guy. All right, Pele. Man, we hope you rest in paradise, my brother. All right, let's get right into it. TP, got your play uh, playmaker of the week for us? Yeah, so initially off the air, we said some things, but I, I'm actually, um, upon having this discussion, I'm going with Justin Jefferson. He has a record to set, and he, you know, why not set the record against the Green Bay Packers, you know? A, a divisional opponent, you know, you have to save Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, you know, it's a primetime game. So why not show out, right? So I'm going with Justin Jefferson as the playmaker of the week. All right, Trev, man, you've been teasing us all broadcast, and I think the oh, fans are ready. Oh, I was about to say. <laughs> hey, man, y'all's mind going too far into the gutter. I'm going to need you to bring it back. <laughs> but, Trev, man, lay it on us. Pause. How's that for you, bro? How about you give us back? that better? How about week? you hold back and let me just let me just finish. <laughs> let me finish. All right, so I'm gonna go over a few um teasers that I have for the week. Um, so I made a play earlier this week um for the Dallas Cowboys back when they were ten point favorites, I think. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna go through that one because um that the other legs are still live, and then I'm gonna go and discuss the um just for transparency, discuss the other teaser that I have. So I'm going to start with the Cowboys one. So I have the Dallas Cowboys, um, the Philadelphia Eagles, um, Jacksonville Jaguars, and the San Francisco 49ers on an 11-point teaser. So that's a four-leg uh, teaser, um, 11 points. And that one was at minus 120, a little juice uh, for a teaser, but it's only four teams. And it's a lot of points. Um, so essentially, the Cowboys were, you know, a half a point. Um, so they needed to win, um, basically win by one, which is the only way you can win. Uh, the Eagles um, are at plus four on that teaser. Jacksonville is at plus six and a half. And San Francisco is at um, at plus five. Um, so my next teaser, um, which is a seven leg 11 um, point teaser as well. And the odds are plus 200. I have the Eagles again, um, plus four and a half. Jacksonville um, plus seven. New York, New York Giants plus five and a half. San Francisco plus one and a half. Minnesota Vikings plus 14, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers plus 13 and a half, and the Cincinnati Bengals plus 12 and a half. Um, so I really like this one a lot. Um, it's a lot of teams up here that I expect to um, to win their matchups, but um, other ones I expect them to be a little bit closer. So um, with this particular ticket, obviously the goal is to win. I've actually won all the teaser plays that I've actually um, put out. The only time that I did not, I mean, I've won them all, meaning that I've won money from them. But um, there were a few where the spread um, numbers were just a little bit too uh, too close. So I think I've had a few voided ones. So like um, one I gave out a couple of weeks ago, Dallas, I think, was voided because um, 
they lost um to the Jacksonville Jaguars, but they lost. I think I had them at six and they lost by um they lost by six. So that ticket got voided. Um if I had the six and a half, that would have, you know, went through. But um I've never lost teaser um this year in the NFL. I'm you know pretty good at those. NFL is the best sport to tease. It doesn't make sense to really tease the, um the NBA. Um, not in my opinion, it doesn't. Um, so but yeah, I like these teams. Um, they're teams I've talked about all throughout this episode. Um, so I do think this one will cash. It's at plus two hundred. So, um, yeah, see what happens. I think the other one for minus one twenty will cash. Um, will cash as well. Um, so we'll see. But uh, that is my play of the week, a teaser play. Um, and I think that it's gonna be good. Also, my last play of the week, Derrick Henry. Um, over his yardage and uh, anytime touchdown. I think the odds were plus one seventy five. That cashed as well, so I've been pretty good with my plays of the week. All right, all right. Well, that rounds everything up. So you can go ahead. You can join Triple Babble back this Saturday as we recap some of this Sunday action, and we'll get into the current playoff standings and talk about a few games that still matter in Week 18. Until then, I hope everyone enjoys Week 17 slate of games, and I'll see y'all next Saturday. El Jefe is out. Cowboys better stop fucking around. In the meantime, between times. I'm about to make some French onion soup. TP's out of here. Get your apron. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you'll know what we're talking about, but uh, a little inside joke. So, okay. All right, then. Um, but anyways, um, join Triple Babble um, for our next episode where we'll be recapping the games that we all talked about today, the results from them, and then uh, looking forward to winding down the season. The regular season um, um, will be closing soon so we look forward to discussing it all with you um but until then um check us out on apple as well as spotify um spotify now is a video platform so you can you know see us up there and um see our beautiful faces so give us a rating on um either platform um check us out um also check out our instagram uh triple babble podcast uh check us out there um we're just posting the episodes and links to our content as well um Yep. So until then, uh, this is Trev. This is uh, Triple Babble. Um, check us out um, on the next one. Um, TP is being very weird right now. Uh, that's okay. That is okay. That's the, that's the soup bubbling. The bubbling. All right, then. <laughs> Till next time. Yikes. Bye.